0: Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-around wine communication. Tickets are on sale now, so for more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. to another episode of On The Road Edition, hosted by Stevie Kim. Each week, she travels to incredible wine destinations, interviewing some of the Italian wine scene's most interesting personalities, talking about wines, the foods, as well as the incredible travel destinations.
1: Hello, my name is Stevie Kim and welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast, On The Road Edition. Today, we are here in this town called Tramin. But also the name of the winery is Tramin. And this is a very special episode because we are here to celebrate their antiprima of this 100-point wine, this iconic, infamous, and famous wine called Epocale. And we'll talk about that in uh, just a little bit. So first of all, ciao Wolfgang. Wolfgang Klotz.
2: House TV on the border of Austria, and we have uh, Austrian heritage and culture side, so that's why you find here Austria and Italy. We are Italians, and uh, although we need to say that the culture is not the classical Italian culture, but it's just when you look around the housings, you don't uh, feel to be in Italy. So we either feel as South Tyrolean or Italian, I would say, okay. or European.
1: Right. So we uh, can you just tell us geographically for our audience where Tramin
2: is exactly?
1: Where is it located?
2: So I would start uh, politically. We are, if you think about Italy, straight in the middle between Milan and Venice, an hour and a half north towards the border to Austria. It's the only area in the south side of the Alps where the valley is not tight as usual, but it's the valley opening up in this area. And that's where we are. So we have a combination of 300 sunny days, warm day temperatures in the hearth of mountains and glaciers.
1: Yeah, so he's getting geeky on me already. And Alto Adige in German, it's called Südtirol, right? So tell us a little bit about the winery because it's a very particular co-op,
2: right? Yes, exactly. So it's a cooperative uh, founded more than 100 years ago in 1898. Back in the time, it was uh, pure necessity because grape pricings were very, very bad. And also due to the fact that Alto Adige, the ownerships are very, very fractionated. Back in the times and still today, the whole area has 5,000 hectares Mm -hmm. of viticulture and 5,000 wine growers. So you see that's one on the average, average, one hectare per producer. And so back in the times as as today, there were not so much buying the grapes, but a lot of people selling the grapes. So the price was very bad. So this idea came up of the cooperative system. And it was the biologist of the village of Trami, who was that forcing power to engage a group of growers to invest in a winery to produce their own wine and to try to sell the wine and hopefully earn more than by selling the grapes. And it's a system that started in that time almost in every wine-growing village in Alto Adige. So if you look, there are other cooperatives in the area. Every bigger wine village has a cooperative.
1: Okay, so basically you have a bunch of wine growers. How many are there?
2: So there are about 160 families working 270 hectares and owning the winery, the company. Right.
1: So before we get into the wine, because I know we want to talk about that, um, is it Gael's Traminer come from originally Traming?
2: What we know and what we can say is that there is no proof for either one. Okay. <laughs> so there's no Great. proof of uh, saying it's not, mm-hmm. like there's no proof that it is is one of the oldest grape varieties in the world. A lot of international grape uh, varieties belong to Gewürztraminer. So knowing that, we know that Gewürztraminer started sometimes very long ago, and it's difficult to tell what happened back in the time. And I believe it's even not so important. Uh, it's important if the area, climatically, it's a good area for Gewürztraminer. And it's very likely that Tramin uh, gave the name to the variety. And we know that in the Middle Age uh, already, in a lot of places in Europe, they talked about uh, the wines from this area. Gewürztraminer really restarted to be an important grape variety in uh, in Alto Adige. So the first starts 35 years ago, replanting Gewürztraminer. Well, what
1: happened exactly 30, you keep on saying 35 years ago. What happened 35 years ago? What happened,
2: so Alto Adige, and, and Alto Adige and also our company 35 years ago had, for example, 75 or 80% of the, of the vineyards were planted with... My favorite grape. S- your favorite grape. <laughs> <Skava>. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and in the Middle Age, we know that three-quarters of the viticulture was white wine. Mm-hmm. And back in the time, wine was uh, a daily drink and a lot means better. And Alto Adige is also the warmest German-speaking wine growing area. Right. So the monasteries, to them, it was very logical to use Skjava to produce a lot of red wine. Mm-hmm. And that was the system. And at a certain time, in the 70s, 80s, that system didn't pay anymore. Because we know that consumers look more for good wine and not for a lot of wine. We can say that market showed us that we were wrong because we had Schiava on Everywhere the hills at seven, meters. Yields on two hundred uh, twenty thousand kilos per hectare.
0: Are you enjoying this podcast? Don't forget to visit our YouTube channel, Mama Jumbo Shrimp, for fascinating videos covering Stevie Kim and her travels across Italy and beyond, meeting winemakers, eating local food, and taking in the scenery. Now back to the show.
2: And when you're in a bad situation, it's, it's, it's much more easier to move on a change. Mm-hmm. And that happened 35, Very not good. only in Cantina Tramin, luckily generally in Alto Adige.
1: Okay, so tell us then now about Gewürztraminer and the wines that you produce. Going back to that, how many wines do you
2: produce with Gewürztraminer? Yeah. So we, in Gewürztraminer, we produce predominantly this, uh, a dry style of Gewürztraminer. And with that stylistic, uh, we, we created a stylistic by now known in the world as the Italian style of Gewürztraminer, with no residual sugar, a Gewürztraminer that shows way beautiful in the glass. And although it is dry, it's very well balanced, highest and best interpretation of the yeah, dry side. Yeah, that's dry kind style. of
1: your, in reality, that's your signature wine, this right? Our, because I found, I got to know Tremaine of the because of the new spa uh, yes.
2: And that's our signature wine and that's our... Uh, most important interpretation of a dry Gewürztraminer where we do 15 to 20 fermentations. Some they go down to zero, some at 15, mm-hmm. some one are stopped by chilling a little bye, bit bye, higher bye. to do the final blend and it's around seven to eight grams. Right. That's why we believe the Gewürztraminer grapes need to be ripe to get the aromatics. And basically we look that the skins are very, became very, very thin and with the thin skins, the aromatics get into the wine.
1: But what about balancing with the acidity, right? Because when it's more ripe, you tend to lose a bit of acidity. When do you know it's the right moment to the right, harvest?
2: The right moment is when the, when the skin becomes very thin mm-hmm. in a way that the, the fowls of the skin go into the juice and, and we have, by the end, the, 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 the aromatics in the glass. So anticipating, is not really an option. The sugar, yeah. the sugar is already produced before. Right. And the acidity, it either is there or it's not. And that is due to the microclimate. And in fact, Gewürztraminer, if it's not on his dedicated area, it's almost impossible to get a result that is imbalanced and still has the aromatics what should be part of Gewürztraminer.
1: What is the best microclimate for Gewürztraminer? What is the optimal condition?
2: Um, we did this beautiful tasting today, and we had the honour to have Gabriele Gorelli leading the tasting, and he found a very good description for for the Gewürztraminer, uh, saying that it's a cool climate grape variety that loves the heat or that loves warm, warm weather.
1: Yeah, warm weather. Yeah,
2: in cool climate areas. So he said, even in Alsace and Alto Adige, they're both more cool climate areas, but they need sun and heat. And that's what our best areas, they they are south-exposed, south-facing. A lot of sun, but then this little bit of of acidity that the Geburstermina has genetically needs to be preserved. So we need to have cool nights And here we, with the Mendel Mountain behind of us, we got very early early shadow. And we also have quite heavy soils. So is the-
1: What kind of soils do you have here? It's
2: limestone, dolomitic limestone, in combination with a good part of, of clay. And this makes sure that it releases the heat much faster than deep sandy soil, for example, right? And it's this combination, it's almost impossible to think about. But if we look outside here, where all this uh, hill, this area here, is not a good area for Gewürztraminer. Mm-hmm. The Gewürztraminer the, here they go get overcooked. The acidity is lost. The wines got flat. And just this 300 meters behind, a little bit higher, that's where it, the balance and remains in the wine. Going a little bit higher, in our case more than 500, 550 meters, it doesn't get the ripeness
1: oh, yeah, so it's. To, to cool. Uh,
2: cool. Eight years out of 10, right, right. yeah.
1: So the di- you talked about the diurnal um, temperature, right? The difference between night and day. How, how much of a difference it, um, how much is, is you know. there between yeah. night and day? During and, the growing seasons, yeah. obviously.
2: And obviously it's important at the last part of the year of the growing season. Yeah, yeah. And then at that part of the year, it's uh, around about 220 degrees. And it starts 20 all, degrees. Yeah, and it starts also earlier. That time of the year, 4 p.m., mm-hmm. already sh- the shadow comes in, and at 2, 3 p.m. the wind of the Lake Garda, the aura, blows too, keeps the grapes healthy to get the ripeness, and they bring also good ventilation. We do two, two dry style Gewürztermine, Nussbaum and Selida. Selida. Yeah. Then we do, since a few years, a more international style, that's epocale. Right. One has a little bit higher level of Residue Sugar. Then we do Pasito. That's Pasito. called uh, Roen, uh, like Roen, Yes. the peak of the mountain here, what arrives at 2,100 something meters. And then we have Terminum. And uh, what's
1: the difference yeah. between Terminum and uh, epocale? Yeah.
2: Steminum is a late harvest with potritis So it's a dessert wine with two, 300 grams of residual sugar. Mm-hmm. It's like a TBA. And, and Epocale is a, is a Spätlese where we just have, so usually, or not usually, at, with Epocale, when we see a little touch of potritis or the first potritis starts, that's the sign to pick the grape.
1: Okay, yeah. so when, um, of course, he takes for granted TBA means Trockenbierauslese, something like that. Yeah. Or how do How do you say it it's in German? Uh,
2: in Germany, uh, it's Trockenbierauslese.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so it is. It's it is a, a higher concentrated of um, residual sugar, where spotlese is at the very uh, yeah. lower range.
0: hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the wine to wine business forum 2022 this year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on november 7th and 8th 2022 in verona italy remember tickets are on sale now so for more information please visit us at winetowine.net